It's the Really Charlie Podcast. Making memories last. Your time, my time, we all shine. On the Really Charlie Podcast. Hey, 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 welcome to the Really Charlie Podcast. I, um, today's subject matter is, um, is uh, something that came to my attention just a few days ago um, from a friend of mine, Frank Slaughter. And um, the issue that we have today is, um, well, actually, before I uh, continue, I want to... Um, my condolences to the country of England. Uh, Queen Elizabeth um, has passed away at the age of 96. Um, I just want to give my condolences on behalf of the Really Charlie podcast. Um, a lot of history. And, um, well, it's too bad, too bad. The country, the world, will be mourning for uh, Queen Elizabeth. All right. So it was it was brought to my attention about um, a plaque that is being displayed at West Point Academy. The honorable honorable West Point Academy. Well, this particular plaque is 
is displayed at the science building at West Point. And um, it was uh, put there in, in the year 1965 during the uh, civil rights movement. So the country was going through quite a bit. Um, and during this time, the powers to be back then, um, there was an artist who kind of uh, he put his artwork on display and it was placed on the science building at West Point. Um, I did have a picture of it and here it is. It's a hooded soldier, a hooded man with a firearm. And at the bottom it says, Ku Klux Klan. So this is um, in the past eight days, there's been some uh, numerous articles from various uh, media outlets, newspapers, New York Times, Washington Post, ABC News, CNN, Black Enterprises, um, and it just goes on. This past week is just one article after another. So there's definitely a firestorm. How big is the fire? I don't know. But we're going to find out, you know, because is we have right now, it's called the Naming Commission. And the Naming Commission, uh, let's see if I can bring that up. The Naming Commission is... Um, has been put in place. Um, and I'm going to read it word for word. Let me get it up here real quick. So the naming commission um, formed by the government and their mission is uh, it's a congressional commission providing naming, renaming, and removal of recommendations to Congress for all Department of Defense items that commemorate the Confederate States of America or any person who served voluntarily with the Confederate States of America. It says our final report to Congress is in the process of being submitted in three parts. Part one, the United States Army bases. That's as of August 8th, 2022. Part two, which is the U.S. Military Academy and U.S. Naval Academy, which will be August 28th, 2022, which these dates have passed. And then part three, would be the remaining Department of Defense assets. Um, their submission to Congress is now pending. I'm just gonna, you know, if anyone's fact finding, I'm gonna at least put this on the screen. Um, try to share it real quick. Um, 
Stop this screen. Share another one. So this is all in the process. This is all being. Um, let's see here it is. So there it is. Um, and that's basically, you know, uh, what's being uh, formed by the Congress, by Congress, and uh, they'll submit their findings. From what I gather, there is 13, let me see, approximately 15 assets that were named after the um, Confederate soldiers, um, army, at these multiple, uh, multitude of uh, different academies, places um, that are erected, erected throughout the country. So they're working on it. Um, just in Las Vegas, I believe it was yesterday, they had a, it was a meeting and uh, my friend Frank Slaughter and he bring it um, to the attention of many, many people that were unaware of that this was going on. Um, and it's starting to build up, starting to build up where people are asking questions, asking their local and federal politicians to step it up. Um, we got to be patient on this because, um, not too patient, but we got to be patient about it. Because as you see, you know, the articles are coming out within this past eight days or so. Um, and as you see, the naming commission, they already had submitted recommendations um, already as early as August 8th. So they're working on it and uh, and it's still pending. So we have to basically just you know, wait it out, but pay attention to it. The, um, the 15 different things that are, you know, on display at the numerous uh, sites are going to be re renamed. Uh, they're going to do something, you know, uh, as far as destroying them, I'm not sure about that. But this plaque at West Point, you kind of think about it. It's there. There's so many African Americans th that work there. Um, sworn in active soldiers, active students, active cadets that are there. In the same color as me. Um, go to that same science building and have to see that on a daily basis. And when you think about the Ku Klux Klan, nothing good comes out of it unless you're part of that ideology, part of that uh, culture, and you think everything they're doing is good. And a man like me, I think it's a shame. It's part of American history ugly part of American history. This organization was 
tied into murders and intimidation and, and corruption, you know, from all kinds of levels within the government, within local government, federal government, and within our own communities. And don't get me wrong, it's not something that was just down south, you know. Ku Klux Klan has a big base <clears throat> because of uh, different things that are going on with them. And the pandemic, the numbers are kind of, you know, stagnant and, and maybe as low as it's been, only because there's uh, some little friction going on in, in amongst the organization. So, but anyways, it's something that needs to be addressed. Get involved into it. Get involved in, uh, you know, start by reading the article. Start by reading articles from the Washington Post, New York Times, ABC News, Black Enterprises. Um, you know, go, go to those different um, articles and start reading. There's no doubt in my mind, you know, you've seen the picture that it put on, put up. It's definitely a hooded man, woman with a hooded image, with a gun. So many things had happened with that organization that uh, led to the death of many, many people. I mean, if you're going to display that, metal, gold, just put niggers, just put the word niggers on the, on the, on the building. Just put it. See how long that lasts. Paint it nice and big on that building. Trust me. That plot could probably be displayed uh, probably two by four, maybe even as small as four inches. I guarantee you any black person or any person with some kind of sense would spot that and notice it. Ku Klux Klan definitely puts, you know, some fire in your body, in your mind, and, and definitely, you know, gets you aggravated, kind of puts on that, that game face, that, uh, that fighting face. Because, you know, if they're coming, and I hear the exchange handshakes, uh, uh, peaceful greetings, you know. They're going to call me what I what they call me. And they call me that nasty word, and they call me many other words, too. But it's definitely not going to, I'm definitely not going to be called an American. I was born and raised here. Um, so... I just want to bring this to your attention. I was hoping that I can have a friend of mine come on, Frank. Uh, but I know he's tied up. He's entertaining family. So he may not have time to come on the podcast. Uh, but we're going to be on for a little bit more time. And uh, hopefully he can come on and uh, share his experiences. 
and now you know Frank is is definitely he's a veteran, U.S. veteran. You know, just think of all the veterans that you know, the people that went through West Point, served in many many wars, died overseas fighting after getting drafted, um, loyal and dedicated, actually going through West Point. And experiencing that that uh, honorable experience, you know, where you get in there at the ground level and move your way through, and now you graduate. You graduate, you go on, and a very proud moment for you, for the country, everybody, you know. Uh, we're gonna, um, we've got a comment I want to address real quick. Um, so just think of that. And so as you're walking around in your cadet uniform, probably displayed, and then you come across the science building and you see that image, Ku Klux Klan. Is it, some questions come to mind, you know, in your head, you know, did you do the right thing? Did you do the right thing going through this graduation? And, and then here it is since 1965. And in the case of many people that are there now, some of the people that are running in and out of West Point probably wasn't born in 1965. Um, and if they were, they're probably around my age getting ready to go. So, all right, got some comments here. Um, speaking of U.S. veterans, James Carter, U.S. veteran. The legacy of America, for which white historical revisionists went to eradicate to include Native American. Some some comments I have seen is, and slavery. Some attitudes even exist in New Bedford. Of course, it's everywhere. You know the attitudes exist. Um, you know and. and some people may say, it's the big deal. You know, they were soldiers. They were American serving on the other side, on the Confederate side. What's the big deal? I mean, of course, it's a big deal. That's why the country was split and divided. And, and the end result, a union won. Um, there's very there's a lot of opinions about Confederate, the Confederate states, Confederate flag, and and can you call them traitors? No, they they split. They decided to split the country down the, no, not down the middle, but this country was split. And now that the war was lost, and there was no more slavery. Most of the Confederacy just kind of accepted the decision um, unofficially, you know, and uh, and then we became the United States of America. It wasn't something that, you know, like January 6th, the insurrection, but there was things behind the scene. And the things behind the scene, like in Wilmington, North Carolina, um, where 
black politicians, black citizens were intimidated um, by the likes of the Ku Klux Klan. And uh, there's so many things that they've done. I don't have to explain to you what the Ku Klux Klan had done to this country and to black Americans. Lynching was highly, highly moving pretty, pretty, pretty rapidly throughout the country. And most notorious thing about lynching was a hanging. And it was public display, black man hanging on a tree, black woman being raped on a daily basis, black woman being hung on a tree, um, Emmett Till getting killed law enforcement being involved just one thing after another just think of it in my lifetime that plaque was put on the building in west point boom just put up so it's not too long ago remember my hair is still a little dark I got a little gray hair that doesn't mean it was a long time ago. Very short period of time where this country was very, very ugly. So now we have these little reminders. And thanks to the Naming Commission and all that, all the people that established it, we're going to correct some of these things. Uh, Mr. Carter mentioned about, you know, here in New Bedford, right? Right on the other side of the bridge, we got the Prince Henry statue. Guy kidnapped Africans and brought them into slavery. And here we are. If you remember, some of you may remember, but not too long ago, we had our own city politicians sitting out there and dedicating that uh, that statue there. You know, Prince Henry. It's not even American. We decided to put his face and his likeness up there way back from the 1400s. You know, there's many people we can put a statue of over there. Maybe the mayor of the city. Um, you know, former mayors like Charles Ashley or... Uh, Rodney French, you know, just so many things, you know. Um, maybe even, uh, you know, it's a, not a living thing, but, you know, maybe something, a, a statue of maybe uh, Moby Dick, you know, notorious. Um, New Bedford has, you know, a history of whaling, you know, maybe something like that. Whaling Museum, right? You can it's eye <clears throat> it's an eye shot from the from the statue of Prince Henry. But it just goes on and on. That's uh, a Jay Martinez. This is wild, shaking my head. Yeah, it is wild, you know, when you kind of think of it. People, especially back then, they were getting drafted. You know, imagine you getting taken away from your family, taken away, 
and you got to go serve the military. What if it's a case where you, you, you know, you're getting accepted into West Point and you go to West Point and then you're going to go do your thing, become a scholar, become a great soldier, and boom, Ku Klux Klan on your science building. And I'll just pay attention to the naming, you know, the, what's going on with the naming commission and all that they're doing. And uh, and we can get this uh, taken care of relatively uh, soon, I hope. Hopefully within the next six months. Um, you don't have to destroy the plaque, but you can easily... File that sucker down or replace it. You know, replace it with a Union soldier. You know, flatten it down. I don't know if that artist is still alive, but there's more enough capable people in this world that can definitely take care of it. And uh, yeah, we have many, many uh, Confederate soldiers that went through West Point and graduated. Rightfully so, you know, they did their thing and, and they went across stage. Um, and we have many, many, uh, I think the, uh, uh, well, I can't think of the name right now, but we have African-Americans holding high positions there. And excuse me, because I forget the name right now, but um, many, many people. At one point, there was about 13 African-Americans that were there at West Point at one time. Um, out of everyone, there was just 13. And they didn't experience any racial incidents. They were very proud of what they were doing. Um, but what, I haven't found any situations where they said they were being uh, mistreated at West Point as far as the 60s, you know during the Vietnam War, just prior to the war, um, you know, those cadets were, said they wasn't treated unfairly, you know, treated as one, and they went through, and a lot of the African-American soldiers in the Puna War and uh, leading many of the troops into war and battle and lost some and bring some people back. The thing is that they were able to uh, represent West Point that is, you know, as is one of its finest. So I'm very proud. I mean, I see videos of West Point and the, the ceremonies, and, and I'm very happy. Now, mind you, I wasn't in the military, but my family was. Many, many family members were in the military. And uh, I'm pro-military 100%. So I'm very proud of West Point, and I can't wait until they strain us up. All right, let me see if I can get a hold of my buddy Frank. Uh, all right, guess he wants to come on. Looks like we're going to have a guest come on, Frank Slaughter.
Um, so this is um this is nice to see that you guys are here um you know listening to me. Got a comment here from Derek Haywood. America's ugly truths are being brought to the surface with talks like these and heroes forcing change. Now that this is has become a topic of discussion, we need to keep this as a topic so they can change the culture, of course. Agree with you 100%, Derek. Um, 100%. It's true. The, you got to stay on top of this. Well, sometimes as, as people, you know, whether they're black, white, it doesn't matter. People, I'm just going to say it, people. People lose their stamina when it comes to fighting things. You know, they have a, a strong, they have this tremendous strength initially. And just, and then all of a sudden they get tied up. You have to have some stamina when you're fighting issues like this because things are in place, you know. The culture is seeded and grown into forests full of different ideologies and the way people just want to go about things. So there's much to do, much, much, much to do. Hold on one second. Hello. Hello. Hey, Charlie, this is Frank Slaughter. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How you doing? I'm fine. Hey, Charlie, this is Frank Slaughter. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How you doing? little delayed action here. Um, just have to uh, probably turn the volume off of one of your devices, whether it's a computer or something. Yes, I'm on my computer. All right. Is your is your phone on? No. All right. Is your, is your hmm. phone on? No, my phone's not on. All right. I'm gonna try to do something here. See if we can share and put you on the screen. I did send a link to your messenger. Send a link to your messenger. One second. One second. You see me now? Uh, let's see if I can get you up here. Yeah. Background is is real. Yeah, really bad background. Yeah. The um. Do you remember how to click on from uh. From the messenger, can you get on from there? I was wondering if I could do it on Facebook. Yeah. So and yeah. Um. 
we're, we're in your inbox. I send you the link of the podcast. If you click on that, it will allow you. It will allow you to come on this podcast. And then we will be, we're on Facebook right now. And then you can kind of tell your story. And that's on Facebook, correct? Yeah. Know the inbox? Know how you just called me? What you would have to go is go back in there because I send a link to you. And just click on that blue link from StreamYard. And then it, you'll be able to come right on the screen like you. Remember like Russell and I and yourself, you know how we did it before? Yeah, but I, I'm on Facebook right now. And I don't see that link to my right. Facebook page. Let me see if I can send it to you again. I'm going to copy it. Excuse, every, excuse us, everyone. We're going to try to get Mr. Slaughter here on this on this uh, podcast. All right. What about now, Frank? See it now? All right, everyone. I'm going to try to get Frank Slaughter here on the screen so we can talk about this. He's been running around in Nevada, around Las Vegas, and definitely talking about this, especially you know, the political arenas, political stagings, you know, and definitely getting a message out about this plaque at West Point. It's real important that you kind of let people know, because even though they have titles um, and sit in public uh, political venues, sometimes they're not aware of some things because it just doesn't interest them. It's not their public their uh, personal interest. So something like this, where it's, it, um, you know, it, it, it's concerning as far as for me and other African-Americans. So, all right, here's Frank now. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, here, here I we am. Go. All right. How are you doing, Charlie? All right. Um, first and foremost, um, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Um, and then I'm, I'm glad that you brought this to my attention because I would have never known of it, unknown of this, especially um, it, it's puzzling on, on me because I'm always on the internet. I'm always reviewing things. It's something like the military or uh, racial issues. You know, I'm always following them, and I never, I didn't come across this. And if you didn't mention it to me, I probably wouldn't have known of this, and probably until maybe next month so or so. Um, so, how'd you come across this? What was what was? Uh, when did it come well, to your attention? Well, first, first of all, you know, we can't see everything. Mm -hmm. And um, we're vigilant in different areas of our, of our lives. And when something like this does crop up, you know, I don't expect, you know, everyday people to be, be on, this, on these kind of stories. I came through, it was serendipity. I was um, scrolling through the uh, 
uh, uh, one of these news channels. And I said, what is that? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I read that story. And I have to tell you, Charlie, I was outraged. And I was outraged. And a lot of people say, oh, you, you, you know, you're, you're taking this too far. Uh, you're making a, 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 you know, a mountain out of a molehill. And that's not where it's at, man. What we're trying to do is educate other people in our community as to what's going on. Because these little things that we ignore are the slap in our faces that ca- that catches later on. True. Just like years ago, I'll tell you this story. I was a former Air Force uh, uh, sergeant, had some friends at the base. Matter of fact, one of my friends was the chief of staff of the, of the, of the Air Force. We were friends in high school. And he was General Goffin, four-star general, chief of staff. And his nephew was flying the uh, Thunderbirds, Major Alex Goffin. And I hmm. told, I called at the base, say, hey, man, I used to go to school with your father. I know your, your uncles and stuff like that. We went to school in England. So he had me come out there. I didn't think anything about the first time. But the second time, I went to the front of the base, and there was no picture of President Obama. And this is not the way things should work. So I looked at the plaque. And the plaque had the base commander, wing commander, squadron commander, you know, generals, colonels, lieutenant colonels, all that. And I said, uh, where's President Obama? He's the chief of, of staff here. And the guy at the gate looked at me like, like really like stupid and said, mm-hmm. we don't have to put no everybody's picture up there. I said, yes, you do. The main picture you have up there is the chief of staff. And I told the guy when I left, that picture will be up there. Believe me. I went home called the base commander, and he, he I said, listen, I, I know you might not have been here at the, at the front gate, but this is a flagship Air Force base in, in, in the country. Every politician always wants to come out to Nellis Air Force Base. Uh, they come out here for business, and they come out here for pleasure. And, it, and it's, it's such a beautiful base. The, the dining hall serves almost like gourmet food. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So I know that thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, maybe a hundred thousand of people pass this way every day. And we can't let this ride. These people come here and, and all they say, well, they didn't put the chief of staff up there, the president's picture up there. And what do you think they think? They think they can disrespect us because the president of the United States, who is African-American, is not chief of that, meaning you don't tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. And I told the base commander the next day, the photograph stayed there until President Barack Obama left office. And I'm sure they didn't have a, any problem putting up the, the traitorous Donald Trump's picture up there. And he is a traitor. And believe me, no bones about it. When you have an insurrection to this country, the first in, in, in the history of, of the United States, over 200 years, a peaceful transition in and you do something like this, you're a traitor. So when this bronze uh, plaque came came to mind, um, Charlie, I looked at it and I said, this is blatant. This is not even, over, you know, covert. This is overt racism. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, let me let me take into it. It wasn't, wasn't presented after the Civil War, which would have been egregious in itself. It wasn't after Reconstruction in, in the early 1900s, which, again, would have been horrible. Mm-hmm. This was presented in 1965 at the height, at the height of the civil rights movement by the outgoing cadets of, of, of that graduating class. What do you think they thought about us coming into the service as 
second lieutenants, going to be commanders, officers in the future. What do you think they think of us? Hmm. When we have people in career, we have people in going back to World War II, World War I, career, and all the way up to Vietnam. Doing when this statue, when this plaque was put up there, men and women of the Cape Verdean community, men and women of the African-American community, which we are one, and Americans were dying at the mm -hmm. time. This was not only a front to African-Americans, which, which it was. If you're a red-blooded American, you believe in the Constitution, this was a front to you. And you cannot let little things like this stand because you don't want to make a wave. We have to make waves. Like, you know, the late congressman said, it's, it's, it's good trouble. It's the kind of trouble that you want to be involved in. And, so we want, and I know, Charlie, you're, you're a patriotic human being. Most of New Bedford people are patriotic. It's, it's only come from the South. People don't know the, 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 the North and the Northeast. We are as patriotic as, as Alabama, Mississippi, and all you guys down there. Mm -hmm. and we've had relatives in the service. We have relatives that died in the service. We have relatives come home with, with Agent Orange. We probably have relatives come home with a burn pit. Yes. This plaque will be taken down. I talked to Congressman Seth Moulton from Massachusetts office. Mm -hmm. I talked to Gregory Meeks office of New York. I talked to my uh, uh, representative, Steve Hosford in, in the state of Nevada. And last night when I went to a, um, a veteran's for, for a Democrat uh, seminar, we had people that were vying for different, you know, um, county positions, state position, federal positions last night come and talk to us and want the veterans, you know, get, get behind them. And we want to get behind them. When I got up there and spoke, I told them about my family's history. The, the four guys that, that, that passed away in, in, in our family, my father died when I was young. Cousin Junior died in mm -hmm. Vietnam. Cousin Gary died doing, I guess it would be Desert Shield. I got to get that right. Desert, yep. Cousin, cousin Charles London, and you know him. Mm -hmm. he, he was in uniform when he committed suicide. Yes. So these are the ultimate sacrifices that our families have made to this country. Immigrants from another country. Five, all, six, five out of six uncles served from World War I to Vietnam. And they all were affected. And we're not going to put up with racism in our community. And we're damn sure not going to put up with racism in our militaries. Mm -hmm. It's so, uh, the, the whole plaque, you know, kind of looking at it, it doesn't have to come down. What you have to do is melt that down and get that image off of it. Yeah. Basically, you know, that's an easy fix right there. So grind because, it down, grind it down to dust. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and put something and put something else in that place that maybe represents us. And we should have an apology because hundreds of thousands of cadets from '65 to now have have went under that arch where the Ku Klux Klan was. And I can't understand that not one person that's a commander, that a cadet, did not speak up until now. This yeah. this, this is this is outrageous. Is, what, um, what, what kind of commanders do we have at the at, at the Army Academy in West Point that knew mm -hmm. the statue was up there? They know they. I've been to West Point. I brought teams up to West Point. I brought. Mm -hmm. We went to the National College Boxing Association with all the military academy. 
We took a tour of West Point. I didn't see this. Had I saw that when I was there, I might have pulled all my guys out. Yeah. Out of protest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's uh you know, I like I like history. Even this history I don't mind listening to because it's a teaching moment. This is uh a great, great teaching moment for for us as 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 a country and where we are, um, where we want to be or trying to get there, you know, and and actually, believe it or not, not a lot of people kind of know a lot of history about West Point. Don't know a lot of history about the Ku Klux Klan because what we do is we we have so many other things that we're kind of focusing on. And I, I don't mean to sound, I don't mean to make this elementary, you know, and say that we don't know too much about the Ku Klux Klan, but it's not on the, it's not, in a, it's not something that's mainstream until you see them marching, until you see something, you know, but right now it's not something that people really want to look into other than someone that wants to be part of that ideology. And then they're going to do some massive research because there's tons of history there. And it talks about the horrific things that were done. You know, I, I, I read this book about Wilmington lies and, um, and Ku Klux Klan did a lot to eradicate a lot of politicians after the civil war, you know, where they were black and, Black Americans are going through, you know, running a campaign and getting elected in, in as mayor, as townmen, as congressmen, as senators. It is right after the Civil War. And they said, we can't have this. You know, there was police officers that, you know, and think about it back then. You, know, you had a black man with a badge and a gun walking in your town. And uh, not too long ago, you know, four years prior to that, you're probably calling him a nigger. Well, he probably had to, you know, step off the sidewalk and go across the street or something like that. Well, the Ku Klux Klan had a lot to do with that and, and getting all that stuff. And they, they end up, you know, doing, you know, things like the Jim Crow laws and so on and so forth. So for the Ku Klux Klan to be on display at West Point, it hurts. It's terrible. It's horrific. You know. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you, Frank, you know, for, for bringing this to my attention because, you know, we're going to all pay attention. And I hope, hope we, much. yeah, I hope we reached out to a lot of people in this past eight days where it was on the Washington Post, the New York Times, um, CNN, ABC. Black Enterprises. Um, there was another, but there's there's many articles out there. I, I stopped counting when it was 13, you know, so there's much, much more out there. So the articles are doing and people are pushing. The naming commission that was established by, uh, you know, uh, by Congress, you know, they already submitted their information and renaming and, uh, renaming things like this from the Confederacy um, and, or, or actually, you know, getting rid of them. So they're all doing that. And they, from what I understand, there's 18, 15 to 18 assets that are on these sp- 
specific buildings or, or academies, whether the U.S. Naval Academy, um, West Point, is uh, U.S. Uh, American well, American bases is about fifteen different things that are in question to be renamed. So that's all on the table of Congress right now, from what I gathered in the last forty-eight hours. And Derek Hayward says, thank you, Frank. And, I, and, and, and you're very welcome, Derek. And, and if I can say one more thing is, as we see what's happening in this country in the last four years, five years, and we saw the, 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 the hatred that, that's come out of a president and his job was to unite a country. We want to unite a country again. We want to bring in everybody together. And you can't do it when you have plaques commemorating hate. You can't. Think about it. You mm-hmm. want to bring the country together in love, but you got a plaque that has historically geared to hatred of other people? Yes. If you want to really do something, and I'm telling all your audience, yeah, in the, in the past, it was your civil d- duty to go out and vote, but not no more. Your civil duty is to do more than vote. It's to bring other people to the polls. It's to get active. I, we all got jobs. We all got other things to do. I feel exhausted. I've been doing this stuff for 20 years. I've been mm-hmm. on election committees. I've been I've been precinct captain for, for Barack Obama, for Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders at one time. We have a different system in, in Nevada. I, I, I was caucus chair at one time. So we bring the people together in, in a consensus of who we want to vote for. And I'm for every no, every time I was caucus chair, my person advanced nice. to the president. You know, even though we had other pe- other people going, I always brought in former UNLV uh, boxers that graduated, and, and I have them help me with the caucus. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting mm-hmm. to walk the street in 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 a hundred and five degree weather, and knocking on doors in Las Vegas to get out the vote. Mm-hmm. And I look for younger people to do this stuff for me now. I've done it. I've done it enough. Would I do it again? Unfortunately, I would, but mm-hmm. it's a stress. I've gone to high schools. I one election in 012, I signed up, registered 300 kids in Clark County that were going to be 19 or turn 19 before the November election by myself. Nice. It ain't easy. Oh, it is. And all I ask for you in the audience, and if you hear this and, and other people ain't you know attuned to this, educate them. Say, let, 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 let's, let's make a, 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 a pledge to bring 10 people, at least register 10 people and make sure they vote. Mm-hmm. If we can do that, with all the voting suppression that's going on in America, with all this fascist talk that these people want to be dictators, they want to be autocrats. And when they're autocrats, they're not thinking about you or I. And they're not thinking a lot of people that voted for them. They're thinking of themselves. So do yes. me a favor, talk to other people, Derek, anybody out there in the audience, make sure we go to the polls, the midterm. Midterm is just as important as the big general election coming in 2024. Yes. If we can do this, we can win back our country. I thank you. Uh, thank you. And and just to add to that, a lot of people are registered voters, but they don't cast the ballot. So make sure when you when you register, also vote. 
it's very, very important. You know, I had a perfect kind of crazy situation this last uh, primary here in New Bedford. <clears throat> the person that I wanted to be elected um, withdrew at the last second, you know, last 30 days. Um, so I had to kind of do something else and think of another candidate. And so I went and I ended up like voting. Now that after the primary is all done and the decision is made, who's going to run against each other? Um, both parties I don't particularly like, but I'm going to vote. It's the lesser of the evil. I'm still going to vote. I got to do it. I will never let that situation pass me by. Um, never. There's one time in my life that I didn't vote, and that was by a uh, mental mistake. I just forgot about the date, and I was at a young age. But at this older age, I'll never forget. I'll always vote. I don't care what it takes. Um, there's many, many opportunities to cast my vote. Whether it's early voting, whether it's through the mail, whatever, I can definitely do that. Well, Frank, we always seem to teach each other one thing or another. And that's why I like you being on this podcast in any shape or form. You know, um, continue to keep in touch with me. If I come across anything new um, on this issue, I'm definitely going to send it your direction. And uh, if we want to come back on this podcast and do it again, we'll do it again. And the day they take down that plaque, you and I, we're going to celebrate. Oh, yes. Yes. Can't wait. We're all going to celebrate. I think yes, millions of people. We're all going to celebrate. Yeah. I think it's going to be millions of people. And you know what? The best thing about it, and I hope this happens, is that I hope that there are numerous, hundreds and hundreds of West Point cadets out there. And uh, as they celebrate during graduation and throw their hats up, I hope they throw their hats up again when that thing is, is grinded down to nothing. Yes. Um, so, all right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, you need very anything? much for having me. Yes. You need me, give me a holler. And um, I'm going to end this podcast we've been on. And I'm glad that you came on to kind of solidify, put the icing on the cake and, and give a great message um, in regards to this, this issue. Thank you. In the words of uh, a famous, well, yeah, and he rest in peace, but a nice, uh, friend of mine who actually been, it was in the ring. And that was Jimmy Connors, and he always told me, keep my elbows up. Just keep your <laughs> elbows up, Frank. <laughs> Close and your to the chin, chin down. too. Yeah, chin down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love you, brother. You're the best. Thank yeah. you very much for, for putting this message out. Let's keep let's keep this going. It's gonna get right. done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right. Talk to you in a Take few you. days. All right. Bye right. bye. Bye bye. Awesome. Frank Slaughter, history book in itself. All right, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. The message was sent and I believe the message was delivered. And we just got to make sure that we complete this mission as a, uh, this mission as a, as a people, as a country, as Americans. And uh, thank you all that commented, 
commented during this podcast. It's real, real important. And Phil, don't 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 be afraid to uh, share share this podcast and share it with your friends, and um, it just adds more conversation to it. Thank you, thank you. And I'm going to end this podcast with my favorite song by Lionel Peter Walker. Until next week, actually until Friday. I'll be back on on Friday. Um, I have another podcast tomorrow. Take care, y'all. See ya. It's the really Charlie podcast. Yeah, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yo, yo, it's the really Charlie podcast. Bumping through your broadcast. Grab a chair, fill your glass. Yeah, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yo, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's the really Charlie podcast. Bumping through your broadcast. Grab a chair, fill your glass. Charlie Podcast, a weekly show with the one person to make you say, Really, Charlie? On the Really Charlie Podcast. Tune in.